How you doing, Coach? Good. How are you, sir? How's everything going? All right. How are you doing in these COVID times? Good. You know, it's, uh, tell you what, prepping has been the new hobby. Practice plans are done. Recruits getting out of its way. I mean, it's the only thing keeping me safe. And I'm working on my golf game, so my short game's going to look really good next next year. That's what's up. I think I'm going to go golfing um, tomorrow um, with Coach Boyd at some point. So that's what's up. So um, I'm joined here today by the up-and-coming young star in coaching with Coach Nico Panousis, Nick Panousis at St. John's Bosco. I appreciate him giving us some of his time today. Thank you for having me, James. Uh, how's everybody um, doing? Everyone's fine so far. Everyone's fine. Let's get right into it. Um, you're a coach at St. John Bosco. A lot of people um, might not know. What got you actually into coaching? You know, after I was done playing, just like everybody else, um, in college, just having the aspirations of playing overseas. Um, uh, it was always my dream to play in, in Greece uh, with my family originating from Greece and being first generation born, having a lot of roots. Uh, I just always wanted to play over there. Uh, you know, I had the opportunity to have some workouts. And uh, when I saw that the playing career wasn't happening, I said, you know, I, I think that I can use all these these experiences and the connections that I'm making with these great coaches and trainers and, and some teammates of mine and kind of use it towards coaching and kind of help the, the youth and impact our players here around the region. That's what's up. Are there any coaches that you actually looked up to? You know what? There's there's one guy out there that, that got me. Um, Besides my, you know, my mother and my father have given me the willpower and the knowledge and the culture. Um, there's one guy out there that I, I really, truly want to thank. Um, he's helped me so much and, and, and brought me in the game and, and made me love basketball even more than I already have. Uh, his name is John Stroya. Um, mm. Coach Stroya, I mean, I feel like he, he, he's the, he was the starter of all this in the region. Um, you know, being 28 years old and being the head coach at Youngstown State, um, being an assistant under Dan Dockage at Bowling Green, uh, also, you know, coaching players like uh, Eddie Gill, who played in the NBA, one of our own region guys, too, uh, Jermaine Boyette at Weber State, mm -hmm. Chris Woods, Patrick Danley. Um, and when I met John at the, at the Fieldhouse, it was around 2012, he actually – started me as an official, um, started officiating there. And then uh, as I gradually started building a relationship with Coach Shroya, started helping him working his camps, um, you know, just helping him open to close in the field house and just learning from him and kind of being mentored from him a lot, you know, and he actually got me my first coaching job um, along with uh, one of my other friends at Crown Point High School. So I give him oh, a right. big thank you, big thank you to John Shroya. Um, till this day, he's my secret weapon. Till this day, this guy is, is behind the scenes and helping out and mentoring me and just 
unbelievable guy, unbelievable talented, highly talented, knowledgeable coach. Yeah, I remember Coach Schroyer. He um, used to live on the same block as me when we moved from East Chicago to Maryville. And my mom actually had to introduce me to him because I didn't know who he was. <laughs> but that's, right. that's pretty cool. Too. That's right. That's pretty cool. You have a, speaking of culture, you have a different kind of take and philosophy um, that's different than our region when it comes to coaching and how you run your offense and even having international players um, incorporated into your team. So for someone that has never seen your team play, can you describe your offensive philosophy, offensive philosophy and the implementation of foreigners into your program? Um we uh we we've adopted kind of like a, a it's it's called the pistols offense right now it's, you see it a lot in the nba you know it's a mixture of a dribble drive and a lot of pick and roll motion offense um you know the way the game has changed and developed with with speed and athleticism in the united states um our international players you know usually bigs who come to us you know they they've helped us a lot in my, in, especially in this offense that we run um, as their positional players. Um, your average European international big guy is not as athletic as your, you know, your typical United States big man. So I, I wanted to kind of, how can I put this kind of ball screen motion offense with it, it's still, still in the process and still in the works and getting better. Um, I do truly believe that it's, quite not there, but how do I incorporate these international guys with these quick, fast guards um, and kind of have like this unpredictable, unscoutable offense? Um, so, I mean, this is originating back from, you know, the, the, the Yugoslavian teams and the Russian teams that, you know, that played back in the, in the late, early 90s, uh, late 80s, you know, uh, even – the, the Spanish national team with like Ricky Rubio and Pogasol and all those guys. Um, mm -hmm. It's, it, it's kind of like, it's kind of just like an incorporation of what, you know, Calipari brought us with the dribble drive and with the Spanish national team brought with their pick and roll um, traditional offense. So it's kind of just like a, a pick and roll dribble drive uh, on steroids. Um, okay. So, we just try to incorporate that in uh, in our offense, you know, with the dribble drive and the, and the pick and roll, because it just makes it so unpredictable and so unscoutable. You know, there's so many resources out there now with synergy and huddle, you know, it makes it easy for other teams to come and scout you. But, you know, with this, with this pistols offense is what they call it now. Um, there's just so many variations and so many wrinkles that it's just, it's tough. It's tough to scout. I noticed that you have a lot of players when I came to see you all play. You have a lot of players that can pretty much do everything, shoot from everywhere, come off screens in different ways. Like you said, dribble drive. It seemed like everyone on the team can dribble drive, pass, and shoot in all these different positions. And I think that's very unique, especially in this area, because we normally have one player that can do this, one player that can do that, and then we just try to just win games based off of that. So that's very different. Absolutely. Uh, it's, I mean, that's, it's also part of like, you know, skills development, um, you know, at Bosco, you know, we're, 
we're not really in like a, you know, we're not in like the national tournaments, kind of like a Lalamere um, or Mount Bird. Uh, we're more, you know, you know, develop kids. How are we going to develop kids and these underrated, you know, under underrated kids who are under the radar, you know, kind of like the underdogs. How do we develop these kids and, and get them to where they want to be? Um, and, you know, learning, learning through, you know, guys like, you know, Steve Wojciechowski um, was working three straight years. Um, this would have been my fourth, you know, with this coronavirus kind of put things on hold. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve Wojciechowski, old Dukey, um, used to work for Team USA Basketball. And the way, you know, they just kind of run their offense with, you know, bigs who can shoot um, uh, guards. I mean, Marcus Howard, one of the best players in the country, you know, Yes, he is. I mean, just the way he was just explaining himself during these uh, chalk talks and, you know, saying how, like, you know, you need to make sure that everybody can shoot, everybody can dribble, um, everybody can pass. You know, even if they're not the greatest at it, you know, make sure you're working on it with your guys because some guys you never know, you know, just from having so many repetitions, that one shot can win you, you know, a Big East tournament, can win you your first round of the NCAA tournament. It's just a matter of repetition. Um, and then to even date before all that in college, I had the opportunity to play, you know, for a region great. And Pete Turkovich, uh, who was coached under John Wooden. And I remember my first practice at IUN, you know, I, I was like, you know, John, you know, this guy played at UCLA and it's, you know, practices are going to be so tough and we're going to be running a lot and do I mean, everything was just skills and playing and there was no suicide. So I was kind of like, in a culture shock, I'm like, what's going on here? You know, like what, you know, practices mm. are not that hard, but they weren't hard physically, but they were hard mentally because, you know, just like John Wooden, you know, coach Turkovich taught us, Hey, like you need to be able to work on your skills. You got to be able to do this in a game, like, you know, running up and down, going against cones, going against chairs, you know, that's not going to help you, you know, get past a defender in a game. You got to be able to incorporate this stuff live. You got to be able to, you know, play at a certain pace that, you know, when it's 10 seconds left in the second half and you've had to play 30 minutes, um, you know, you're, you're, you're mentally prepared. Or if you're that guy who didn't play for 32 minutes and you got to play the last eight. Um, I just remember in 2008 when we played Eastern Kentucky, I was a freshman. Um, we had a really good team, one of the best teams I in history. Um, we had a big upset uh, against Eastern Kentucky. And I remember I didn't, I didn't play the whole game and I wasn't really in the rotation, but I was always thinking like in the back of my mind, I got to work harder. I got to, I got to step up. I got to, you know, I got to be better than the next guy in these drills and, and make sure when we're playing live, you know, against guys like Pete Dunbar, um, who was a region guy. I mean, all area in 2002, Lake central, Um, you know, even like, uh, Pete Turgovich, who played on a, a really good monster team, um, he was the leading scorer. I mean, I, I had to figure out a way just, like, how to keep myself mentally prepared. And then against Eastern Kentucky, it was 30 seconds left. Someone fouls out, and he's like, Nick, you're up. Like, you, you can't be in a, in a, in a, in a shock. you got to be ready to go. So uh, just having that those opportunities and those blessings to be – coached and mentored by those greats I mean, it's helped a lot and, and helped me develop my philosophies of just that's development what's that's what's up so you're from the region 
uh, East Chicago, of course. Harvard, baby, number one. That's right. So we both know that there's a lot of players that's not getting recruited probably at the level that they should. And St. Bosco has had a, a lot of success getting players in the school. How does St. Bosco separate themselves from ordinary high schools when it comes to getting kids in the school? You know, um, number one, I got to thank our our athletic uh, development team, our strength and conditioning coaches, uh, Kevin Devine over at SMI and Crown Point and and Frank Exton and all the girls uh, who are there, you know, taking care of our athletes. Um, I always say, a lot of these kids are skilled that come into us, but they don't pass the look test. You know, they're too scrawny. You know, they're, they're, they're too, they're out of shape, this and that. And then they come to us. And from the time they come to us in August to December, it's like a, it's like we stuck them in a machine and, and transform them. Um, I mean, just the and the culture that is built at, at Bosco, you know, uh, starting with you know our top Dave Maravella, who has a lot of experience in in basketball, you know, at all stages, rating from NBA to you know to high school, and um, you know, and, and Coach Jason Hawkins being the first head coach there. Just the culture of being the underdog and 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 giving Bosco this name of like we're the we're the we're the dogs. We we gotta we gotta do the little stuff. We gotta take charges. Like we gotta we gotta fight for every loose possession, you know. And building that culture, and then you know throwing a couple guys like you know a, a Fiandu who just got drafted by the L.A. Clippers, uh, Malik Osborne who's at Florida State right now, uh, and they were you know they're national champion contenders. You know, um, you make some guys like that, Luka Krylovich who's you know six eleven stretch four at a Boston College. Um, Nick Boyd this year uh, from from New York, you know, is going to Florida Atlantic. When you throw skilled guys like that in there with the gritty guys, I mean, it just makes everybody so much better. And you got these schools that just come and, you know, some kids, uh, they have really good careers. And, and like, it's, it's unexpected because, again, they're so under, under the radar. You know, Grady Eifert, who would have thought Grady Eifert was going to be the man at Purdue a senior year? Um, mm-hmm. And hits some big shots and, and big times the stages and you know it's it's just uh it's just the culture that we've built there um with just being you know the underdog the underdog and and, and being hard working grit i mean you hear that, that word a lot and, and and you know that word you know in the harbor with all those players in east chicago man i mean yes, it, it, that's exactly what it feels like it just feels like um you know i didn't come through you know middle school and high school in Chicago, but growing up in elementary school there, you know, growing up of the ages of the Etuan Moors, you know, Terry Weathers, and then, you know, running into guys like Chris Woods, Udi Baker, Corey Stokes, those guys, you just saw how hard they worked and, you know, going to those camps in the summertime. Um, it's just like, feels like I'm, I'm, I'm back teaching that in a culture that was already established that way. At Bosco, so yeah. it's I have to think a lot of our success towards that. Okay, St. Bosco is a it's a pretty expensive school, so every every high school player can't attend the school. So you told me from the Bosco side, 
What about a student that can't afford to necessarily go to Bosco? What do you think are things that they should be doing, whether academically or from a skill standpoint to make themselves stand out for colleges and universities to get themselves recruited? My thing is, is, you know, even if, even if you still come to Bosco or, or still want to come to Bosco and say, you, you know, you can't afford it or like you feel like maybe you're just not good enough. Uh, never think that number one, always work. Cause We've had a lot of guys who, who came in and we've had and they thought they weren't good enough and we've pushed them and encouraged them and stay positive with them. Um, also, like, it is not easy to get a full ride in basketball and any sport. Um, the one thing I do clear up with people, like, this is a risk. If you feel like you have an offer on the board that you can take, maybe it's not the level that you wanted at, but so route to increase to the next level from wherever you're going to go. You know, you just can't put your eggs in one basket. Um, wherever you're at, especially now, because look at the times now, you know, you know, waiving standardized tests, everybody's eligible. The transfer portal is going right. crazy right now. Um, and that's just in the United States. When you get to this level, you know, the way the game has changed globally now, you're, you know, you're, you're facing the world. You know, it's just like you got your Lucas and you got your, you know, you got your Adebayos, you know, you got your, you know, you got your foreign players now who you're, who you're battling against. So every opportunity that, you know, that you have, no matter what level, no matter where you're at, you take full advantage of it and capitalize because I've seen, I mean, you know, you're, you're going to, you're going to see today with this Bulls documentary, you know, Dennis Rodman, NAIA player. Who would have thought Dennis Robbins mm-hmm. would go to the NBA out of the NAI? Um, you know, I played NAI. Yeah, did I want to go Division One? Absolutely. Um, but I had to accept the fact that hey, Division One maybe is not the level where I'm going to succeed at. I had my success in NAI, and it 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 got me to where I wanted to be in life in this game, um, professionally, and as you know, you know sports sometimes become a hobby you know you 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 meet a lot of great people maybe it won't lead you into a coaching job it might lead you into a finance job it might lead you into you know con, you know having your own training facility there's just so much more than than just thinking about it as a player i've always thought about it as where can this game take me you know after i'm done and and that's the big 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 key that i try to tell everybody what do you want to do with this game Mm. Okay. So seniors and juniors, they're kind of put in this weird situation of summer AAU being affected and different things like that with COVID. What do you what is some pointers that you would give them when they're trying to navigate this whole college recruiting process? Stay ready, conditioning. Condition, condition, condition. I know we, I know it's dangerous to be outdoors. Um, but Stay ready. You, I, this is just a good tool and, and something I learned too when I was, you know, when I was trying to play professionally. Um, you never know when you're going to get called. You never know when this is going to be over. You don't want to be that guy when you know things are coming to a start and you're five weeks behind in your conditioning. 
You know, you if mm-hmm. you are wanting to be a basketball player, you have to think like a basketball player. So what do basketball players do? They got to be conditioned. They got to work on their skills. I mean, you always, always, always have to be ready because in anything in life, you know, you don't, you don't know, you don't know when you're going to get called for a job. You know, you, you don't know when you're going to have to pull your resume out and be ready. You know, it's, it's, you always have to be prepared. I always tell guys, stay prepared in the best ways you basketball you know it's it's easy to do stuff without a court you can do a lot of ball handling a lot of shooting drills at home uh, it might not be what you want but there's always something that you can do and it's just something that will help you not only in the basketball court but just in the professional world just you know being prepared at all times got you you're a trainer as yes, well sir. right yes, you love sir. to train I, kids yeah, right you know, that's how it all started that's, yeah that's that's a big passion of mine. I know. So what are some of the skills that you would see that you definitely try to work on with younger kids as they're coming up through elementary, middle school, and, and on into high school that you see that you definitely think kids should Number be working one on? Is proper footwork, um, just to establish those, that muscle memory of balance. And then number two is is shooting. I mean, uh, so many kids, I see so many young kids, you know, they want to, they want to shoot on 10 foot rims. They want to shoot three pointers. Um, and then they wonder, you know, a lot of kids wonder why by like eighth, ninth grade, their, their jump shots, you know, they got a hitch, you know, they're, they're flat, you know, they're, they're not consistent. Um, I learned, a I learned a very, very, uh, good way of, kind of like a philosophy behind it all was you know start start from the bottom and come up and when you're you're not ready to progress go back to the bottom and then come back up you know not a lot of guys want to sit two feet away from the rim and just shoot for about an hour but it's something you have to do to fix your form uh, I the, the footwork. I mean, guys don't understand how important pivots are. I mean, at this day and age, I mean, I got you know eight college players who can't don't can't even you know give me a right reverse pivot on the call. You know, so I, I stress, I stress, stress, stress the technique and the forms and the footwork so much. I mean, because you see by you know by eighth grade, I feel like by eighth grade you got to have that stuff down pat. And kind of like in heading in the right direction because muscle memory is such a hard thing to break. And when you start learning bad habits, that is mm-hmm. tough to break unless you're just a, a naturally freak born athlete. But that's one in a million. So if I have anything to say, just please, I mean, start off at the right size with the basketball. Um, don't try to push your kids to shoot, you know, threes. I know the three ball is everything these days, but it's it's not the starting. It's not the starting point. So, yeah, that's interesting that you said that freak athletes are very rare, so they can skip certain things. And I just I think of someone like LeBron. It's like he's the he's one of the greatest players ever, and people kind of watch him. But there's certain simple things that he struggles doing, like coming down off of a down screen, one two, and into your shot type stuff. But it's like he's such an athlete that he doesn't necessarily need to do that, but that could be different for someone like us. It's like we need to learn those type of things, how to come off of screens and flares and different stuff like that. 
So that's that's exactly. I'm gonna give you another example. I'm glad you brought that up with you know LeBron James. I'm gonna give you three guys right now. Kind of two are athletes. One's a sick athlete. One guy was under radar. Uh, It was between Lamarcus Aldridge and Tyrus Thomas of the Bulls, and you know they picked. Mm -hmm. They traded Lamarcus Aldridge for Tyrus Thomas, thinking, you know, this guy's a a freak athlete. You know, he's long, he's this, he's that, he can run. You know, Lamarcus is slow. But who's lasted longer? You know, Lamarcus Aldridge is such a a skill. You know, and he wasn't, you know, he wasn't a terrible athlete, but he was so skilled. And he might not have the explosiveness of Tyrus Thomas, but his skill set, just like you said, you know, he's able to come off screens, able to hit the 15-footer, his touch. His footwork is what's kept him in the game so long, and he's still having success. I mean, guys like LeBron, I mean, that's just, you know, 270 pounds coming at you so fast. I mean, that's that's one that's one in a million. You know, it's just very important because you don't know when you're going to lose your athleticism. You don't, you know, but I feel like once you work on those fine tools, you know, that's why guys like Michael Jordan, who wasn't a great shooter, come into the NBA even to about the midpoint of his career. You know, he, he changed his game, you know, you know, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant, another guy, sick athlete coming in, but the way he just changed his game mid 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 year into a, a inside guy, fadeaway jumpers, you know, shooting off the dribble. Um, oh, they'll see, they'll tonight. see it tonight. They'll see it tonight. Greatest ever. His footwork was it's, it's impeccable. Just, he beat people off of footwork later on in his career. Um, That's amazing. Unbelievable. <laughs> and then, and I want to tell people too, like, well, you know. Don't forget, they didn't. They're still quick, but the thing is, though, they've they've developed such a different arsenal, and they pick and choose when to use a quick strike, and, and that's why they call him the black mob, Kobe, the black mob. I mean, you see snakes; they they set you up, set you up, and they have one quick strike, and you can't stop it. I mean, it's it's unbelievable how those guys transform their games just because of the the, the footwork and the fundamentals of everything they they work on. Yeah. So I'll end I'll end with you and I are both from EC and EC has a tremendous history for basketball and you're starting to create your own, you know, impressive legacy at St. John's Bosco. Is your goal to be mentioned in the same breath as the EC greats? And if so, you know, what would it mean to you to be mentioned in the same breath with people like Pete Turkovich and Jim Bradley and Etwan Moore and like the Junior Bridgman. You know, that would be such. I mean, I haven't even thought about that because I'm just that's just so far. I, in my words, that's just so far of a stretch because those guys were just so great and just accomplished. Mm-hmm. You know, things that you couldn't even dream of. And and I instead of you know. I think of it more as using that as kind of like encouragement and, and I feel like being exposed to the knowledge of those guys and playing against, you know, Etuan Moore and stuff like that. I feel like that's where, you know, my fire, my grit comes from um, because not that not, I mean, it'd be an honor to even, you know, be next to those guys, you know, and it was an honor to be around some of them. But to to be known as a great like that, I mean, that would just be, I would just have, I would have to work a lot, and I need to work a lot harder to reach stages. Um, 
So, I mean, that that would be an unbelievable honor because uh, those guys, I mean, you, you know behind all that. I mean, even, you know, with that EC documentary coming out and watching it and just hearing the stories, um, I, I got a long way to go. I have a long way to go. Um, yeah. I just think I just think my family. I mean, I couldn't pick that. You know, I couldn't pick where I was going to grow up. I couldn't pick what culture was going to be set for me in life. Um, but I I can say now, you know, that I'm blessed and very thankful of the way I was brought up, uh, what I've seen. Um, we weren't your ordinary kids. You know, we didn't play with toys back in the day. You know, if you know, every Friday night from first grade. You know, it was we're going to EC Central basketball game. I still remember my first game, EC versus Westside uh, sectional. It was a Tuesday night. Controversial call. You know, Udi Baker got called for a foul. Westside wins at the line. That uh, was my very first high school game, man. Those, you know, guys like Kenny Lowe, I mean, who's at Miami of Ohio. And just, you know, seeing those guys play in college, kind of playing against them in open gyms. And then now, you know, working with them, you know, learning from them. It's 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 unbelievable. It's it's a great honor, man. It really is. I remember, I remember that, but, game. Hey, I was that game. I won't even forget. Was it 2001, the regional? <laughs> yeah, let's not get into hey, that. But... Still my favorite guy, though. Don't worry about that. I told you, you should say that, EC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, I appreciate you. I appreciate you um, doing the second episode of what you know, and it's, it's featuring you. Um, appreciate you taking your time out today to just speak with me for a little while, just catch up on some things. And I want to, um, I want to just wish you because we all have to start off somewhere. So it's like you said, it'd be an honor to be in the same breath as those guys, but we all have to start off somewhere. So I wish you much more success. I know that you're playing in the hoops hall. In yeah, we'll be what, there in Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Be our site. We got invited again uh, January 15th to the 17th. So that's going to be a great honor. So, so the more you do those type of things and you win, get your name out there and everything else, you know, those great things will continue Definitely. to happen for you. So I appreciate you, uh, hey, James, appreciate you catching appreciate up you with me today. The show, man. This has been great and just, you know, nice to reconnect and talk hoops a little bit. All right, take care. All right, man, you take care.